0: all three record buttons are pushed amazing officially when you do the little things big things happen david lee scales that's true is Um, that right i have no idea (laughs) you just make that up it feels true it does feels true
1: uh welcome back to the grit
0: it is may 5th Cinco. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. You know what irked me yesterday so much? Yes. The the combination of May the 4th and Cinco de Mayo, the comboed up of like, love me some Mexican food, Mexican culture, all of it. Don't get me wrong. Nothing against Cinco de Mayo. But the, I guess it's really May the 4th that gets me. Cinco de Mayo was- That's the only one that gets me. I mean, please stop. It's so stupid. May the 4th be with you, David Lee Scales. So stupid. As (laughs)
1: if we need another- Fake holiday, fake holiday which, on a midweek, you know, Yeah,
0: which Cinco de Mayo essentially is right. Like I think it's celebrating. They don't celebrate Cinco de Mayo in Mexico. Did you know that?
1: Yeah, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. So, so
1: I, I'm okay with celebrating Cinco de Mayo because all the celebration is, is having tacos and margaritas. margaritas sure. I'm, I like that. Yeah. But may the fourth be with you. What do you do? You dress up like Star Wars and you keep referencing Star Wars all day.
0: I think you you figure out how to post some sort of Star Wars meme on your Instagram. Right. really is what it is.
1: Okay, so I'm realizing now that all the holidays I love, the reason I love them is they're centered around a meal.
0: Yeah, or booze. Correct. Do you like St. Patty's, Patty's Day?
1: Yes, because of the food and the beer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, those things go in tandem, I'd say. Yeah, but yeah, like when I when you say St. Patty's Day, I automatically think corned beef hash bangers and mash Yeah, shepherd's pie. Yeah. And yeah. Beer, of course. And then, yeah, you say 4th of July, You don't think whiskey. Not really. I should though. Yeah. I I think I'd prefer that over beer at this point in my life. Um, you say 4th of July, I automatically think grill, hot dogs, hamburgers, you know? So Thanksgiving, love it.
0: Turkey meal.
1: Yeah. And then any holiday that has nothing to do with that Columbus day. Don't care at all.
0: Well, here, I have a solve for you then to fall in love with May the 4th all over again for the first time. Okay. Have you been to Disneyland's uh, Star Wars land place? Mm -mm. Uh, That's fine enough, right? Did a good job there, I think. But they have a cantina. The cantina from, I can't remember which Star Wars. I think the Star Wars, the whatever, Luke Skywalker one the first one the first film that came out the fact that they came which now out isn't the first film. Uh, precisely yeah. but like the first film that was released in theaters that one. right uh they have a bar there that serve drinks based like alcoholic drinks based from that scene okay which is now you can base it around food you get like yeah fluorescent blue cocktails okay
1: yeah uh so you take your kid to that part of Disneyland and get drunk while and they ride the rest. Yeah.
0: I think it would be hard to get drunk. I feel that the ABV and those things, I mean, they put, if I recall, it was real like shot of vodka or tequila or whatever in whatever the cocktail was. Yeah. But I think by shot, it was like a thimble. Right. Yeah. Um, and what, you, can only, you can only order two drinks, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So um, another holiday that's upon us, Mother's Day.
0: Oh, this Sunday. Are you ready?
1: I am totally ready. This This comes with a huge burden for guys like you and I.
0: But I feel that this is, of all the public service announcements that we do through the year, you never fail to bring up Mother's Day.
1: And Valentine's Day.
0: On the day, on the show preceding, which I feel, what percentage of our listeners right now are saying, "Oh, Oh, thank you.
1: A lo- all of them, 80, that's,
0: 85%. That's what I feel too. Yeah. I feel that this right here is better than saving people from cancer. Better than, uh, what are, what are the other good works that we do here?
1: Um, th- those are the two mainly yeah. skin cancer awareness <laughs> and, <laughs> and getting your wife gifts for things.
0: And or mother. Yeah.
1: No, we have done others. I can't think of them. We do other. good works here, yeah, but, every once in a while, but I
0: will, I will put reminding people uh, that mother's day is nigh. Is as good as our cancer because it's not
1: just so you can get the gift, the advice that comes around it. Oh, other good things that we've done, uh, marriage proposal advice. Yes, great. So it's the advice that comes all around it of yep. like how you even treat the day. Do you go surfing or not? You know, how do you how does that translate to the rest of the year? There's all sorts of contextual advice that comes.
0: You have a mother now in your life. Your are uh, you your partner is also a mother to yep. your child. I've got lots of mothers now. I mean, tons of them. But let's focus in on the mother in your life who matters or better matter most on that day. Uh, do you have a plan for how to fet her, to fate her?
1: We, It's a multi-phased plan, and we already executed phase one on Sunday, which was an evening away. Okay. So... We realized uh, we wouldn't be able to pull it off on Mother's Day because we have our own moms who we need to celebrate with. So last Sunday, one week in advance, we went up to L.A., saw Cirque du Soleil. Nice. Dinner. Stayed overnight. Where'd you stay? Uh, Figueroa.
0: Hotel Figueroa. (laughs) Hotel Fig. Hotel Fig.
1: So walking distance to Cirque. And yeah, it was actually at the Microsoft Theater. Okay. Uh, And walking place to the restaurant as well. So... Right down there, it's a great night away. It felt like we were gone for multiple days. Although, not to sully the
0: experience,
1: but freaking A, L.A. sucks, dude.
0: I mean, L.A. has turned very post-apocalyptic.
1: It's crazy. That's the perfect way to describe yep. it. But what's even weirder than that is, or additionally weird, is you, you're paying a premium for everything, right? And the servers are awful at their job and they are pissed that you're there.
0: I mean, that's a problem. I it's think it's bizarre. The COVID problem though, the, the staffing shortage problems that exist everywhere, I think do COVID are really, really magnified downtown LA. Yes. But this
1: existed in LA pre COVID. Really? This, you, had,
0: you had perpetual bad service downtown?
1: Yes. And so what the way I'll explain it is everybody's either a model or an actor who's A server essentially to get by, and they act so aloof and so they act like a model or an actor essentially. I think you ate at the wrong place. Where did you eat? First of all, we got drinks at the hotel before we went over to the theater. Nice little bar there. Yeah, freaking took forty-five minutes, Mm. like from beginning to end. It took twenty minutes. I'd say it took fifteen to ten to fifteen minutes for the server to even come over to us. So then. We're getting frustrated because we're looking at our clock. We got to get to the theater, right? So, not a great way to start the evening through frustration. So then I say, "Okay, Lauren, here we go. Two phase. I'm gonna go over to the bar and wait, and you're gonna stay here. If the server comes to you first, I'll notice and I'll come back. Otherwise, I'll get the drinks from the bar." So now we're splitting our evening up. You know, eventually the server came to her first, so I ran back. Server act completely, no apologize, no apologies, no nothing. Then took forever to get the drinks. Then you get hit with the bill. It's fifty bucks for two, or forty something bucks for two drinks. So 60 bucks for two drinks after tip. And it's like, I feel like I just got ripped off and I felt like the server was mad at me that I was even here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Bizarre. Same thing at dinner. There's
0: a way to hear that, Like uh flaunt magazine. Are you aware of flaunt? We've done it because flaunt? you told me about yeah. your experience there. Flaunt magazine epic, you know, the West coast equivalent to both vanity fair and Vogue, I would say combined. Anyhow, watching uh, the editor at that party—did I talk about this on the show? What, like weaving through the bar with him, learning how—if you're getting bad service, you're not doing it right. I'm going to say that one's on you. Somehow totally there's agree. there is a learning curve of how to navigate this that is both efficient and practical. Uh, I don't know—I don't have that skill, but watching somebody who has that skill—yeah, well, mesmerizing.
1: That, well, because the server or the bartender in your situation knew who he was or knew that he didn't, but he looked like he was somebody important.
0: He didn't. That's the whole, that was the whole point about it is that him weaving through people, you know, like none of this was based upon his notoriety or even perceived anything. He was just good. He had that skill, which, and that skill translates anywhere, which I want that skill.
1: I guess for a couple of exhausted parents, I don't have the energy to work Mm. through that. Just bring, I mean, and again, you're paying a premium. So then it's like, we did, by the way, have a great time despite, and dinner was mediocre. That's the Where'd other you thing. Eat? the Palm. Oh yeah. But it's like, it's a classic. Sure. You know, let's go for the classic and it's walking distance, whatever. But uh, totally mediocre. And we did have a lovely evening. Like I said, it felt like more than the time that we were gone. It felt like we were gone for two days. We felt restored. Walk out to grab the car from Valet. LA's 50 bucks. Oh
0: yeah. 50 (laughs) bucks overnight anywhere in LA.
1: It's like, Oh my gosh. You just keep getting taxed everywhere you go. Then go sit in traffic on your way home.
0: Did you, what time did you leave? Did you linger the next morning or did you hurry up and get back? We
1: both kind of had to get to work. So we left, I'd say the hotel at nine 30, 10. We had, we had a The thing is we're up at 6am. Yeah. You know, because of our routine. So we had a leisurely breakfast, answered a few emails and got on the road essentially. But that was our mother's day.
0: Tier one. And then we have, of course,
1: an event on Sunday. I've got gifts, so I'm good.
0: What did you buy for Can't Lauren? Say. Really? She Can't doesn't say.
1: listen. Sometimes she does.
0: Are you sure? She's she's not going to listen to this show.
1: I I don't want to spoil it. I'll tell you next week. Okay, let's leave it at that. Looking forward Just to, to hearing. Keep it safe. Yeah. Uh, what do you, what do you got scheduled?
0: Well, here's the thing. I don't have much. Uh, I've been thinking about this this week, so I gotta I've got to really put it into high gear. Um. Yeah. I have no idea. Good thing I'm here to prep you. I know. I mean, I've been thinking about it, thankfully. Like I've been aware uh, that it's coming. I didn't need to be reminded this year, unlike most years, but not only is the plan not firm, the plan is non-existent thus far.
1: Okay. A couple of things. This is for you and the listeners. Uh, Classic go-tos for Mother's Day for gifts. Perfume. Yep. So you can grab that anywhere, right? Um, Massage. So you can either get a gift certificate or go on Amazon and they have these various devices nowadays that operate as massagers. I am
0: doing that. I am bringing in a masseuse for her. You're bringing one in? Yeah, to to the the house.
1: house. There you go. Yeah, I am
0: doing that. But I feel that that's only, I mean, she knows that already and she was the one who suggested it. And I said, oh, I'll pay for that, which is, that's lazy. So that's not really mine, right? And you just wasted your money because
1: you're really not going to get credit for it.
0: Uh, No, uh, no credit, Mm -hmm. but at least... I can sort of put that underneath the umbrella of things I did yeah. for her on Mother's Day. Um, I'll think of a couple others.
1: Jewelry is always obviously a thing. It's kind of trite, I guess, but it is a classic for a reason. Flowers are almost a must. You have to add that on to whatever else. You that, is a,
0: that is a tack on that is yeah. your LA tax.
1: Yeah. So, but for listeners, you can, Amazon delivers next day
0: in the,
1: modern world anyways depending on where you're at so
0: go get a massage device what, what or a gift card what about writing a heartfelt note
1: that's also a tack on you have <laughs> to do it you have to
0: yeah it's true which
1: i'm fine with i'm good with that part yeah um well let's get into surfing exciting Wait, show have today a couple things i wanted to mention oh yeah we're at album surfboards
0: Best surf shop in San Clemente, California, by Look, a mile.
1: We don't do a good job um, documenting our environs. We don't. The cameras are trained on you and I. It's too much be. effort for you and I to get up and move them. We don't have a roadie or a producer.
0: Just think what we did for Coo's burritos, I though. Know. We wouldn't ate it. We should. We should walk around and do the show here with our mouths full of food. We should so eat a surfboard.
1: <laughs> did you get a bunch of flack about that? No, did you? Yeah, you should have. Yeah, a bunch of people are like, you guys it's unlistenable. Do not ever eat. Yeah. Under air. That's like one oh one. I'm like, I don't care.
0: We were hungry and it was good. It was so good. Yeah. I um, mean, that is proof. The fact that we broke rule 101 is good proof count. in the pudding good of uh, Babaku's quality.
1: Proof in the burrito. Yep.
0: Um, so
1: we're sitting around beautiful surfboards and there is an illustrious surf celebrity showing up here and probably while we're on air, actually, he might pop his head in the window behind you.
0: Is it going to be Josh Kerr?
1: No, Jack Freestone.
0: Oh, Jack Freestone. I love me some Jack Freestone. Jack
1: Freestone will be here in the flesh. Exciting. Not on air, but he's here to pick up his brand new model.
0: Do you think Jack Freestone is relieved that he did not have to be part of the mid-tour cut?
1: Yeah, because he didn't make the cut when the cut was (laughs) a lot broader.
0: But you'd think you're a guy like Jack Freestone. (laughs) You've gotten your career going in a different direction now. Everything's great. I wonder if you look over at the wailing and gnashing of teeth that is happening at Margaret river thinking, woo, I beat that one. Look at that. I thought it was bad when I got cut, but now I've got my whole thing set up. I'm doing something new. It's all good. Life is good. Don't have to worry about that.
1: You know what it is? I'm sure this was, uh, this is the way maybe an average listener can relate to this is when you work for a corporate America or a corporation of any kind, maybe it's not even a corporation. Maybe you're just 16 years old working for a restaurant and you feel uh, handcuffed to that job. Cause you're like, I'm making money. I can't quit. I hate this job, but I can't quit. Right. Until one day when you actually quit and then you get a better job that pays more money and is more fulfilling. And you go, why did I ever feel like I was handcuffed to that thing? That's exactly how Jack Freestone looks. He's gone now and he's gone. I'm living a better life. I'm happier. I'm probably making as much money and I don't have to live under the constraints of this dictatorship.
0: Is that how Connor Coffin's going to feel when he paddles out at Snapper Rock for the Challenger series? I didn't know this tour existed. This no, one's because fun.
1: He went from working for one restaurant to working for a competing restaurant. Essentially, Ooh. he needs to get out of the restaurant mindset and understand he needs to look at his brother. I mean, and go. I've been standing the wrong stance this whole time.
0: I mean, it's so true. Yeah. Eight oh five, maybe eight oh five beer. Well, maybe he should just go brew the beers.
1: How annoying! I, I just, mean, I want. I always liked eight
0: oh five previously. No, it's. I had no problem. I had no problem with eight oh five. I've but like, it's a real bummer that like the World Surf League should know better than that. They should know that hey, these guys are paying us. uh, they bought all our ad time apparently, or we have no ad time to sell. And so we're giving it to them all. Yeah. But actually in truth, that's not going to be good for their brand. And it's not going to be good for our brand. And so even if they bought it all, we're going to tell them, Hey, look at pump your brakes. People are going to get annoyed. Let's throw the 805 one on every fourth ad break. Right. right? Uh, but man, the dream of California is like anything you see. I mean, it's just, yeah. Breeds contempt over, is what it does. It
1: really does. I've had this exact conversation with our potential sponsors. Yes. When we're having early meetings, and I had this com this literally a conversation one week ago with a guy, who will be uh, an advertiser here in short order. But I was like, look, whatever your budget is, let's spread it over six months instead sure. of three months. Yeah. There's no sense in. Well, it depends
0: what the product is or the brand is, you know, cause I mean, if you're like a whoop kind of thing where you just want to, where or, they want to beat their audience the, yeah. over the head with it, that's all fine and good. Exactly. But
1: for what this other thing is, let's just spread it thin. You don't want to overexpose essentially. Nope. So let's just remind people you'll be first in mind anytime they need this thing, but you don't need to beat them over the head with it. Right. Nope. You don't and need so, to
0: annoy them to the point of wanting to burn your house down or produce 10 different commercials. Yeah. That would be fine. I mean, yeah, if they if 805 had a Connor Coffin story yeah. in there, which would be, it's difficult, right? But if you're going to spend X amount, spend a X amount more and make it compelling. There's right. no reason that 805 should not have been compelling to the American audience. Australians don't get that ad. Oh, really? Yeah, that yeah. makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah. Um, well... I could have led the show with this. Oh, by the way, Jack Freestone, I was supposed to say, he's got a new model coming out. What is the What model. is the model called? The Free Wing. Ooh. I just held one, fondled. He's got three out there, I think. We are going to do a board giveaway with album, I think next month. And we were discussing which board it should be. And I'm thinking now it should be the Free Wing.
0: What give details on its specifications.
1: And it is a transitional board. So transitioning from high performance thruster into a twin fin mindset so you can run it with three fins it's kind of like i'm not ready to go twin fin mid-length twin fin full volume but i'm also not quite ripping on the thruster anymore this is that board that's in the middle the foam distribution is similar to those 1980s thrusters like the Aki rusty Mm -hmm. thruster like similar foam distribution it's called free wing because freestone, but also there's a wing in the tail so that takes out some of the bulk, um, low entry rocker, you, same outline as a thruster.
0: Are you supposed to ride it bigger or smaller than your standard thruster? It looks about the same. Okay. It
1: looks like the same height, width, but thicker. Okay. So I, I, it looks sick.
0: I like what I'm hearing here. And
1: if you've seen any footage of Freestone recently, that's what he's been riding. He's
0: surfing so good.
1: I know. So, um, so there's that. We hit that. And then also I was going to say, I think this show today, the theme of this show should be the show of positivity.
0: Fantastic. I've been getting some flack. That we're being too negative.
1: Like it's not just negative. It's, hey, you guys just keep harping on the same thing over and over. And I every time I see that feedback, I go, you're absolutely right. It's
0: 100% true. And
1: I'll take the blame because it's easier. It's a lot of low hanging fruit. And um, but- there's a lot of credit, like there is valuable criticism sometimes in what we're saying, but too uh, much. There's it's a little bit too much. And everybody feels sullied by the conversation. And uh I think that I have things to feel good about this week. The Margaret River event was insane. Phenomenal. Phenomenal day of surfing the on final? that final day. I watched all of Make or Break. Felt fantastic about that. Wonderful show. Devin Howard resigned. I think this is a positive story, actually. It's a
0: great, great move it's by Devin Howard. It's a good story.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I lots of, so this is the show of positivity. We're going to right the ship here.
0: Antidepressive.
1: I can't tell you what next week will bring, but this week alone, pure positivity.
0: Let's see the feedback, too. Let's see if the people want more positivity.
1: All, great. Great. And that's the other thing is a bunch of listener line calls were coming in. They were depressing me. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe we're our own echo chamber that we're spinning in. We've sucked them into the vortex and now they're just pumping in po- negativity. Let's get out the sunshine let's today. Let's get in the sunshine. All right, let's do it. Um, first thing to feel good about is we're giving away a free scrubber. I mean. Let's continue the surfboard talk.
0: That right there, a free scrubber of all the boards besides an album surfboard, a Channel Islands free scrubber after watching is that, did Free Scrubber come out last year? Yeah. Having Free I mean Free Scrubber is still it's a work of art, right? It, really it was is. a it was a work of art when it came out, but it is aged like the finest of wines. Yeah. It is a, and not a California cab that is smoky. It is aged like a You tell me. Uh it's what are the It's aged like a Lafitte. Beautiful. Yeah.
1: Like a left bank Bordeaux. exactly. One of the five first growths.
0: Exact that's exactly what it is. Free scrubber, yeah. and I can't believe when did when did the free scrubber board actually come out?
1: Shortly after the film.
0: Okay, but, and but
1: it was so the concept with that board is it's based off the initial twin fins that Tom was getting from Al in the eighties, and obviously it's modernized. So um,
0: fun, loose.
1: Yeah, it's and so I got one. <clears throat> We're going to give one away on June 1st, by the way, uh, for all of our subscribers, those who contribute $5 a month to helping us document Surf Culture Weekly. And this so, is our thank you to you.
0: And so you're telling me that somebody for $5 could sign up and win a free scrubber And
1: potentially an album next month. I mean,
0: oh, this is, you you can double dip?
1: No. I don't know. Should we? Yes. I think you should. Yeah. A hundred percent. The same person can win. I always think like
0: for, for radio, you know, like when radios do pledge drives and all that and you can win, but then you can't win for another 18 months or something like that. I'm thinking, what's that's dumb. If you, if you're on a heater, great. Be on a heater. And by the way, it's
1: completely randomized. Yeah. I put all the names of our subscribers into a wheel of fortune device on the internet and just click spin. So if they hit twice, that's cosmic.
0: I mean, it's, it was meant to be. Yeah. I also think there's no better, I mean, two boards here, there's no better time to subscribe. Agreed. Free Scrubber and a Free Wing.
1: And I've got stuff lined up for the rest of the year too. We've got a Panda lined up. Um, I forget what they all are, but I've got a bunch. This is exciting. Subscribe. So how do,
0: how to, how do surf, people subscribe?
1: SurfSplendorPodcast.com. Click subscribe. There's one on the side. There's a little thing on the side of the site. There's a, in the menu bar up there. Takes about a minute to set up. Um, we don't bombard you with emails or anything like that. And as a thank you, you get an ad free listening experience if you want. There's a link to that to figure out how to do that to access it. So you don't have to listen to commercials if you don't want.
0: And of course, we do
1: surfboard giveaways.
0: I mean, That's surfboard giveaways. Deal.
1: And the other thing with the surfboard giveaways is we want to shine a light on the brands that we love. We want to support the industry. And so. Um, That's what we're doing with that. And then the listeners benefit from that. A listener last year won in Australia. We didn't ship the board overseas to them. We just had Channel Islands Factory in Australia fulfill the board for them there. So we'll work around whatever shipping concerns pop up. But the free scrubber, this is the board of our dreams, all right? Most people listening to this show are not in their teens riding high-performance thrusters. We all need more volume. We all need something that's just easier to surf Tom Curran is in his fifties. You watch him ride that thing; it's effortless. I mean,
0: it looks like the funnest board around. Totally, totally. It's have you the, have you surfed yours?
1: No, I'm gonna tomorrow is probably my first day. I got it on Monday.
0: What are your dims?
1: Uh, five ten by twenty by two and five eighths.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: So I'm psyched, super duper psyched. I'll what, post updates on that. What
0: colorway did you get?
1: Straight up white, transparent sanded finish with an Almeric logo. Love it. Yeah, the old school American. Man, guy. love it. I'm super psyched. Um, so among surf news that we're going to discuss, Margaret River, make or break, Devin resigns. Where do you want to start?
0: Let's start with, let's just go down the list as stated. Let's okay. start with Margaret.
1: Margaret River, incredible day of surfing competition. Uh, Margaret was pumping John John Florence and Jack Robinson in a tight final heat. Jack Robinson takes the win. Local boy over, arguably, the king of Margaret River. And then on the female side, Isabella Nichols secures her spot on tour by beating uh, newcomer Gabriella Bryan in the final.
0: I mean, literally and truly could not have asked for a better day from Dawn to dusk. I mean, 10 hours of pumping surf. Great surfing, too. Yep.
1: Almost every heat. I mean, I didn't watch all of them, but every heat that I watched, it was just like excellent competition, back and forth, people posting big scores, people rising to the occasion, our beloved Kiowa belly. It was like hard to watch him lose, but it freaking goes for a massive alley-oop. You know, it was just like tons of excitement, tons of drama. The waves create the drama.
0: Did you feel bad about the... Tour surfers getting cut those below the line.
1: So let's discuss. um, What's great. No, I did not feel bad about that. I will read to you the names of those who did get cut. You tell me if there's one name that I mention, who you're going to miss.
0: Uh Oh, we're back to the vortex of negativity.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is positivity because it's a good thing. They got cut. Okay.
0: Right.
1: (laughs) Man, I'm going to suck you in no matter what. Um, Connor Coffin, Zeke Lau, Luca Messinas, Owen Wright, Morgan Siblick, Frederico, Leonardo, David Silva, Emi kalani Duvall, Joao Chianca, Ryan Callanan, Malia Manuel, India Robinson, Molly Picklem, Bronte, Sally, Luana, and Betty Lou.
0: I'm going to miss Sally. I'm going to miss uh, Joao. I am too. I'm going to miss Ryan Callanan. After Make a Break, or thanks to Make a Break, I'm going to miss Siblick uh and i think that's probably it okay oh i'm gonna say Fiore fioravante too i okay. think i think leonardo's unmet potential i would still like to see like he has real sparks that leonardo fioravante
1: okay i could do deep dives into a lot of this yeah i'm gonna try to unpack it and not lose my train of thought okay firstly brendan buckley on stab magazine did write about sally fitz and owen wright And the title for this uh, paragraph said, they deserve better. He says, it's strange to see two mainstays go out like this. Sally is 31, Owen is 32, making them two of the older surfers on the CT. Owen, a father of two, even elected to skip a few events in last year's Pandep Mangle pandemic mangled season. However, both of these surfers have devoted their entire lives to being here. They were raised understanding the old system and both have spent over a decade competing on the old system. To watch them go down like this potentially forever just doesn't feel right. Agree or disagree?
0: I mean, I I totally disagree there. It is what it is, right? And this is I mean, I would like for them Owen less. Like I like Owen at or watching Owen surf at, uh you know, I guess pumping lefts, pumping barreling lefts. But outside of that, he doesn't interest me as a surfer. Not, you know, not that that's my opinion there is any great thing. But Sally Fitz, I think, is like sort of what makes, I don't know. I think she, I think she's something special. And I think it is what it is. I think it's fair that they got cut. It's just, it's a bummer.
1: I don't feel bad about this at all. I don't miss either of them at all. If they, they're not going to do anything throughout the rest of this season, throughout next season, that is kind of a flashpoint in surfing, you know, in the way that Gabriel Medina's air at last year at Newcastle or uh, Carissa Moore's air stuff that Felipe done at J Bay. Like Owen did it at cloud break. Back, you know five seasons ago or whatever i don't see him doing that again i don't see sally ever doing anything like that i don't see any of them even winning an event i don't see either of them being a threat for the world title in which case what are you doing here
0: uh yes but like part of what it is i think part of what pro surfing is and yes we've talked a lot about how it's too bloated and needs to get cut and all that Stand behind that. Obviously, that's that's clear, right? But you still need some fabric, and I feel that both of the both Sally Fitz and Owen are part of the fabric of pro surfing, right? And so there is like a warm blanket. Both of those two. We've got Less enough
1: other surfers that are competing in the top five that are part of that fabric.
0: I mean, what I would love truly is for one of these surfers to get cut and say any one of them, anyone who is below the cut line, right? Uh, who got cut, including Sally Fitzgibbons and Owen Wright and say, screw you World Surf League. I'm going to go drop an edit that puts everything you do to shame. Like how epic would it be if Sally Fitzgibbons just thought, you know, screw it. I've been competing for over a decade. I've been wedging my surfing to fit, str- you know, pretty strident criteria. Yeah, I'm going to go figure out how it feels. Remind myself how it feels to surf free. Maybe get coaching from not, you know, WSL, like how to win a heat strategy coaching, but like, it'd be I'm going to go learn to surf again and surf fun. I'm going to go, you know, bust an air or I'm going to go get dredging tube somewhere or, and it would be insane. And it'd be a better use of her next three to six precisely. Weeks. But like, instead of all I, or, A lot of what I hear or read from those who got cut is, of course, depressing. My way of life is over. You know, even I was on a call with the showrunner for Make or Break before coming in here. Um, I asked him, uh, the stakes, like we talked about last week, the stakes for F1 seem real or feel real. Millions of dollars, expensive cars.
1: Life or death. Potential death death
0: around every corner. There There seems to be no stakes in surfing. And he disagreed. He said, I think there's more stakes in surfing because it's uh, they're basically self-employed. And so them getting cut from tour means you lose your job, right? Except or, they don't. Uh, precisely. They don't. And I'll disagree with that in terms of one of them should think, WSL, your product ain't that great. I'm going to go beat your product, not by pro surfing, but by doing an edit, a free scrubber, something that gets everyone talking about
1: Well." Um- the problem with Sally in that role is that her entire style of surfing is made for the WSL. Like it was always contest style surfing, but I still agree with you. She should do exactly what you're saying. That lane of a female producing an edit is wide open. Yep. It's so wide open.
0: And even that storyline, wouldn't you want to see yes. Sally Fitzgibbons totally. transition from a tour surfer? It'd be insane. And What does surfing mean to you now, right? Yeah. How Go show like... Sure, her spa, hopefully her sponsors would support that and whatnot. Yeah, almond milk. Yeah, what almond is that brand? throwing out some money?
1: Um, she's actually gotten the funny thing is, she's actually gotten all the sponsors, like the WSL peddles her sponsors, yeah, like Harvey Norman, or I don't even sure. know what the brands are, but whatever a WSL has as a sponsor is somehow on her board as a sticker, so it's like the WSL. She is the poster child, and now she's not even on the team anymore.
0: But a great um, story, though, right?
1: Yeah, and I love Sally as a person. I've always loved her. I've always kind of been rooting for her. But the reality is she's been on tour for, I think, 11 years now or maybe more. And she's never won a world title. She's not getting better. She's not up, keeping up to par with the people who are kind of shifting gears for the tour. And so I'm not going to miss her next year. Okay. And Owen Wright, I know he's got so many fans and people will hate me for bagging on him. But the reality is he hasn't been the same since that injury at pipe. Unfortunately, he came back the very next when he did come back at snapper, he won. And that was huge, but I don't, I haven't seen him do anything remarkable since then.
0: I think part of the, part of the trouble here is the eight Oh five problem. We'll call it the eight Oh five issue, which is, I feel the rights as a family have become a bludgeon, uh, Mikey getting perpetual wildcards that are just annoying. And you know, that kind of noise is annoying. Tyler for what has become, I'll just say she's annoying, right? Like not annoying for her wokeness per se or her stances, but the way Tyler packages herself in make or break that first episode. I thought that was the worst episode, right? Because by far, because Tyler Wright seems like it just doesn't seem quite real. And I feel Owen then in his story, it's, it's just too much. Right. Right. There's like a lot of right noise. Totally. And, uh, yeah. So I think I good headline. There's a lot of right noise. Uh, and so I feel that Owen is almost a victim of that. Like if it wasn't for Tyler and Mikey, I might be more sympathetic to Owen, but now I'm like, Oh, get rid of all the rights. If I don't see a right for another, yeah. Couple of years, I'll be just fine. The unfortunate, I'll
1: be all right. The unfortunate thing for Owen is that the back half of the season suits him so much better than the first half, like Lan, Chopu, mainly those two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but whatever. And so Joao, you mentioned Joao. Yeah, it's very unfortunate for him because his ranking doesn't reflect the surfing that he was doing on tour this year, and so he just had a lot of bad draw, a rough draws. And he took him to the limit. So him his two big heats against John John were two of the best heats of the year. He lost both of them, one at pipeline, one at uh this last event. But still right. some of the yeah. or not, no bells. Bells. Yeah. Right.
0: Um his pipeline though was honestly like the heat of the year, I'll say. Even yeah. better, even better than uh John John and um Jack at Margaret. Which heat? I think at I th- I think Joao and uh John's pipe heat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Insane heat. So it's unfortunate that Joao, you know, like there's, he's got much better surfing done in this first half of the season than a lot of people who are still on tour. So that's unfortunate. But I also think he's going to come back stronger than ever. He's going to do the challenger series. He's going to clean up there and come back a better athlete.
0: That's what I I feel like Joao is like the uh, highly touted pitcher prospect who comes up from the minors. And like, has all the tools, right? Has, a, you know, can throw fire and has got, you know, all the pitches, got everything he needs, but doesn't quite put it together, gets sent back down to the minors to tune yeah. up a bit and then comes back and dominates. Totally. Right? Happens in baseball all the time where if Joao has that mindset of going down to the minor leagues, cleaning it up, and then roaring back on a tour. Yeah, he's, I'm excited for Joao's future.
1: Completely. That's what, is cool about the cut and the challenger series is Joao could be back in 2022.
0: I'm unclear here. Does the challenger series get full broadcast? Will they will, I don't know. Will snapper be streamed? Don't know. Should be.
1: Yeah, it absolutely should be. I mean, they should, because we're all invested in it at
0: this point. Well, they should just like, here's the thing. It's going to be positive. This is going to be a, a positive direction the WSL could take. Uh, Look at the hundreds of thousands of dollars Spent on needlessness at those events, the v, giant VIP tents and whatnot, right? Which I hear tell are mostly empty at all of those, right? Like there's not enough VIPs to fill those things. But you're erecting those; those have to be like the tent city that they put up. It's a couple hundred grand at least, right? Uh, if not a lot more. The the unnecessary bells and whistles. Really, all you need is the camera angles. And Stink could put a desk on the sand with yeah. people or they don't even have to be there, right? They don't like have to be there. you could, you could run a lean competition giving the viewer or at least the core. Yeah. Giving the viewer at home everything they want and not spend any money on completely unnecessary extravagances.
1: Completely agree. I, I do believe that they will stream the events. I hope. Yeah. I would imagine they will. I'd be shocked if they didn't. Hope. Yeah. Let's say they will. Better. Um, You mentioned Leonardo Fioravanti's unfulfilled potential. Yep. This was a great episode of make or break for me. It was um, Kanoa Igarashi, Jack Robinson, Leonardo Fioravanti. They grew up together from the time they were 11 or 12 years old as part of Quicksilver's up-and-coming Groms. They're all from three different continents. They travel the world together from a young age. Now they're all on tour together. Kanoa is kind of leading the charge. Um, Jack is the prodigy free surfer who still quite hasn't found his footing and Leonardo is kind of the back of the pack. That's the way the storyline is. I thought this was a phenomenal episode.
0: Did they air my interview with those three young men when they were little boys and I asked inappropriate questions? They did not. Um, They should have.
1: What were some of the questions? Oh
0: man, I think I was asking, they were literally like, couldn't have been more than 11. Did not
1: get the jokes.
0: No, they got, but I was like asking about their love lives and stuff like that. Like, I don't know what was going on in my head, but I was asking like real adult questions. Who is this for? It was for surfing magazine. I think at the time it was me and Nathan Lawrence were at snapper or all around Australia. This was honest to goodness, 12 or 13 longer years ago. Uh, yeah. And they were tiny little boys.
1: Um, well, Oh, by the way, side note, if you look in the back, uh, they're at Kanoa's house a lot in this episode. Did you watch this episode? I
0: haven't seen this episode yet. His Port- his Portugal house or which house? No, no, no. Uh, Huntington Beach. Okay.
1: Athletic Greens is on the kitchen counter.
0: Beautiful. I know.
1: It's the old packaging because this was filmed last year, but I was like, boom, there Kanoa's on the program. No wonder. Do you think no he got wonder. on the program
0: by listening to The Grit?
1: Probably not.
0: I'm going to say yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I was
1: like, this is how, this is what he attributes all of his success to. You have to, right there. Anyways, they do a deep dive into his family background. It's just a great episode. I've known Kanoa, I don't know, but you know, since he was pretty young, 10 years old or whatever it was. And I've got to know his parents a little bit back then, haven't seen them in years, but I couldn't be happier to see all of their success.
0: Um, Does it rehab Kanoa's the perception of Kanoa in, but I think, yeah, in like core grumpy local as like flashy and, and substance What do you mean? I think the grumpy local does not like Kanoa, right? They don't like his claims. They don't like his well, gold yes. chains. They don't like his. And then I think they layer on him that he's sort of, he's just sort of senseless.
1: Um, They don't discuss any of that, but the storytelling endears you to him despite those things mm-hmm. because every single thing he's doing is to repay his parents. Okay. And, and to honestly his kind of Japanese heritage. So it is, I don't care about any of the noise over there. I just need to get this paycheck and stack as many of them as possible as long as I can, because of all of the, the ancestors, not only my parents, but whoever came before them who put me in this position, because this is such a unique position that takes so much sacrifice that I'm here just to pay it all back. The house, his parents live with him. His brother lives with him. He pays for everything, you know, love it. He's like, Kanoa. he bought it, bought that house when he was 17 years old. They interviewed the, his mom and she's just like, I literally thought we were going to be renting. Like when I knew them, they lived in an apartment. Yeah. You know, she's like, I thought I was going to be renting for the rest of my life. There's the fact that we're doing this is unbelievable to me. I'm still enamored
0: by it. Except is it a blessing or a curse to buy your home in Huntington Beach? <laughs>
1: Great question. <laughs> Get attacked by a coyote on the beach. <laughs> I mean literally that happened last week. You wrote about it. I, I don't sure know did. if listeners knew about it, but um so that was a phenomenal episode to me. Um Andy King's Andy story. Andy King
0: as real star of the whole series, I think. Truly. Yeah.
1: I mean, and a superstar coach. Yeah. I mean, this his story, his backstory is a tearjerker. Totally. To see that, I was just like, man, what a reminder of how dumb you can be when you're young. Not that he was dumb, but the people who beat yep. him up were dumb. And you just don't understand the consequence of your actions when you're young. You know, I've heard somebody say in the past, like, if you just lock up all males from the age of 18 to 25, crime would go down 85%. Yep. doesn't matter if they're good or bad kids. Just lock, lock them up. Lock them up. Let them out when they're 26. Boom. Eliminate 85% of crime.
0: Imagine how much worse everybody would be if they locked... 18 to 25 year olds up all in like penitentiaries (laughs) where they're all together. (laughs) Yep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. But the concept still makes perfect sense Yeah. uh, or has validity. Anyways, Andy King's story. Definitely watch that episode.
0: Um, I mean, all the episodes that I've seen, I haven't seen them all yet, but episode one, take a leave. But from there, it's just like, Ooh, fun stuff.
1: Yeah. I, I watched all of them. I binged them and, I couldn't, I, they fully executed what they're hoping to do, which was humanizing these surfers, uh, making me care about these surfers. I watched the episode that you were touting last week with Morgan Sibling and Matthew McGillivray. Not only is it fantastic, it wasn't my favorite, but not only is it fantastic, it made me root so hard for McGillivray at Margaret River. And then he- He did what he fulfilled
0: it. How good did you feel there?
1: So good. And so that's what the series is supposed to do. It's supposed to make us care about these competitors and then be invested in them when they're on tour. And I did.
0: So I asked showrunner Warren Smith, uh, I says to him, I says, Warren, uh, all of these, you know, surf, whatever core surf, uh, I don't know, fans for lack of a better word. Um, you know, have kind of been wanting these stories for years and WSL has never given anything, right? Like since it's become the WSL in particular, the wall of positive noise, there's nothing, you know, it's just bland, blanched positivity. Uh, Do you think they blew it by sitting on all these stories? These were all under their purview and by never allowing any of these to shine forth. His answer was, well, of all the leagues, you know, that's not the a league's job. A league's job basically is to produce sporting events, right? Is, which is what they do. Leagues aren't the best storytellers. Uh, fair point, except I failed to remind him when the WSL tried to pivot to full-on studios exactly. as their whole thing where the WSL has, so the WSL has in fact tried and failed and failed, uh-oh, negative, failed so badly, Um. And their failure is completely enhanced or a spotlight is shown right on it with make or break, right? Because, because somebody else came in and did a better job and did a way better job, which totally to make or breaks credit. I exactly agree with Warren Smith in that this is not leagues. Can't tell their own stories, right? ESPN is not NFL. Uh, They are two separate things. ESPN can tell stories, about the NFL, better than the NFL can tell about itself. NFL is smart. The fact that WSL was so dumb that they thought, or inept, I suppose, that they thought that they were going to be able to storytell is is mockable.
1: But the NFL's job is to put the best football players on the field and teams against each other, right? And to then kind of progress the sport because of these head-on-head clashes. And so the WSL should have always been focused on putting the best surfers in the best waves and making the best tour possible focus on the tour. But what they've done is they've put commissioners in place really as just, um, tokens, tokens. And then when Pat O'Connell feels that his hands are tied, he leaves out of frustration because he really can't get his job done. Same thing goes for Devin Howard. Howard. And they feel like ultimately I can't speak for them, but ultimately, uh, we're just being used as props for our street cred to the outside world, but we're not actually able to put the best surfers in the best waves. You're forcing us to run these events in wave pools.
0: Let's let's dive into this, shall we, real quick? Should we, should we pivot off to Devin? We can, and come, then we back. can come back. It's yeah. all tied together. Okay, so Devin Howard for- Break the, the news. Listeners at home know that uh, Devin from the show, maybe, or listeners in the car- Devin's a favorite one of my favorites on the show don't talk to him outside of the show but love him every time he's on here Uh, Devin Howard was the commissioner of the longboard world tour revamped it uh before COVID I guess really um really pre-Devin's run the longboard tour I think was kind of a mash of they didn't really know how to judge and stuff it was all either high performancey longboarding was getting the nod but you know, other surfers didn't really like that. It didn't really speak to it the core no, demographic no direction. really. Yeah, no direction. Um, I guess from what I've read, uh, there was a criteria in place to reward um, traditional onboarding, but it just wasn't being implemented. So Q Devin, he comes in, uh, fixes it, right? Which is a hard thing to fix. Gets the judging which none of this is easy. None of this is just like wave a magic wand and it happens, right? You got to get the judges aligned. You got to get them to recognize. And I think you're probably dealing with a lot of shortboard judges here. Like I can't imagine that the WSL is hiring whole separate judging teams for longboarding.
1: It had been whittled down to one event. Too. Yeah. So, so one event. Yeah. One event and you deem a champion off one event.
0: Yep. And so Devin toiled and labored to get it up to a legit tour uh, with the kind of longboarding that the longboard fan enjoys, right? Like, I think I can't throw a number, but I would, the vast, vast majority of longboard fans and the vast majority of like longboarders you see in the water here practice and are doing traditional longboarding. It's not like, you know, trying to do sh- bashes off the lip on their nine footers. Uh, so, anyway, Devin fixed it, saved it, the tour.
1: And also attracted the best longboarders in the world because of his involvement,
0: his legitimacy. Uh, this year announced that not, or rumored they're cutting it back to one, the big brouhaha with Joel Tudor, the champion crowned at Malibu, uh, who got indefinitely suspended was the word, all this weird smoke. And then out of that log wrap, the uh, longboard website is reporting that Devin Howard has resigned.
1: This was reported yesterday.
0: Yeah. Why did he resign? So, what are your, Devin, I mean, speculation here. Let's speculate.
1: Devin um, officially, just to pull back the curtain a little bit for listeners, has told us this a month ago, that he was resigning with the WSL, but it wasn't his last day of work, I think was going to be yesterday. So he's like, look, I'm going to wait to break the news, but here's kind of my reasons. Here's how this all came about. So a week ago, I was talking to him on the phone, and I just said, "Hey, when this news does break, I have a couple official questions that listeners are going to want to know. So, give put your WSL hat on still, and give me kind of the official response, you know." And I said, uh, "Yeah. So, what's the official reason for leaving your job?" Hit me. He said, "My job here is done." He goes, "I was hired to do uh, to basically turn around the ship 180 degrees, as you just explained." Uh, from high performance longboarding to traditional longboarding, to craft, uh, document, and train the judges how to do exactly that, how to judge that. And I did it, we did it. And the tour has since been called back. So my job here is done. What they do with it from this point on, I will be cheering it on. And I think that they have the tools they need to continue what the work that I've done here is. But my work here is done. Okay,
0: I'm going to speculate. Okay. I'm going to speculate because Devin Howard, the Devin that I know from the podcast, working guy, straightforward guy, st- as straight a shooter as they come, right? Is thoughtful, is uh, not rash at all. I would say Devin Howard is not even, doesn't wear his heart on his sleeve, right? Is very methodical about what he does. The job is not done. Yes, he fixed it, but it seems very broken. And speculation here. Pat, losing Pat and losing Devin, you've lost two of the most core, most respected surfers in surfing uh, who also are business minds and have, you know, it's not just like they're... uh, They're the most capable of doing the job that you're hiring them to do. Complete, Completely. And the fact that both of them left... Something's rotten in Santa Monica, David Lee Scales.
1: Well, so this is now under the guise of speculation as well or under the header of speculation. This is not Devin's words that I'm going to share, but we've known a lot of people that work there. We, you and I can speak kind of to the overall culture within the company, and it is what we've been saying over and over again, which is- I mean, toxic. Well, I (laughs) I wasn't going to say toxic. I was going to say that these people feel- um, That there's other factors that the corporation is seeking to fulfill that limit them from doing their job as they see it, you know, as they see kind of the best version of it would be. Like I said, running in wave pools, that runs contrary to me putting the best surfers in the world in the best waves. Why are you forcing us to run in wave pools? And so there's, and, but there's other objectives beyond that, that are ideological,
0: I mean, I, but I think not being honest about those objectives, I think if the leadership team at the World Surf League, right, said, hey, we have a business to run. This is the way we are going to run this business. Pat or Devin, we are going to give you these resources. Uh, and all we're all going to get on the same page here. We're all one team. It feels very, from the outside, very top-down, where you have, say, a Elo and a Jesse Miley. really calling the shots somehow, and then wanting to run those shots through Devin or Pat's mouths, yeah. Uh, and so they're now just weird figureheads getting told to do stuff that's not clear and I think not honest. I think there is a a cloud of, mm, I don't want to call them lies, but of of manipulating truths from the top down at the WSL.
1: And that seems to be what the CT surfers have felt as well. And that's why they signed the petition,
0: Yeah, right? Which was, hey, you guys
1: keep saying that this is the direction we're going and this is going to be a profitable business, but we don't, that's not translating to us ultimately. And we just feel like we're going to lose our job at the end. So there's a real lack of confidence in the leadership being able to execute what they're claiming that they can execute. The problem here is that the figure or the Elo and Jesse Miley Dyer should be listening because if their goal is to, they're not running a profitable business. So that's the, that's the crux of all of this. If they were laughing all the way to the bank, then by all means, keep doing what you're doing. Sure, But they're running a losing business and the people who can help them be profitable are saying the only way to get profitable is to, put the best surfers in the best waves, and then you will access the broader audience that you're hoping to access because that's compelling. That's dramatic. We saw it at Margaret River. We saw it at Pipeline this year, you know? So let's just focus on that. And they go, nope, yep. we're, we have this ideology that we're trying to achieve and we're going to do this instead.
0: I mean, it, it does seem uh, like, again, nothing against Jesse. I've known Jesse for years and years and maybe she's changed, you know, and maybe power has corrupted. <clears throat> uh, but it does seem like the leadership structure at the WSL seems totally untethered and it seems dishonest to be honest, like where, and when both Pat and Devin resign, then it feels like something is actually rotten. Like there is well some real dishonesty or some like, you don't just resign, right? Like, you don't resign for fun. No. You resign. A resignation is a powerful and quiet protest.
1: Unless you're on to something much bigger.
0: Yeah, which Pat and Devin weren't.
1: Well... Uh, Pat's, you know, obviously running a clothing company, which is a great, great move for him. But yeah, it's not like there's a bigger sporting organization no, that you're going to jump to.
0: Precisely. I mean, yeah. not that, yeah, what Pat is doing is phenomenal. What Devin, I'm sure- But that wasn't
1: the reason for the resignation. Precisely. Yeah. And
0: the, the resignation came because something something is rotten. Well- Which uh, I, I would, like, I know that we're adversarial and vortex and neg- negativity, et cetera, et cetera. But no. I would love for both Elo and Jesse Miley- to pause and like, I feel that they are so bunker mentality. Uh, I'll, for example, JP Curry, our wonderful JP Curry, who's covering the, covering the events, uh, wrote something about uh, Jesse that was slight. One part of it was fine. And then the next part of it went slightly over the line, but it wasn't that bad. I got a, a like very direct message from the WSL take that down, right? Like the, the bunker mentality around Jesse, I think in particular, uh, is that she is getting beat up by the surf fan. And I think it's just really, I think the doors are closed. where open those doors up. Yeah. I've never, been, I, that's funny that they feel that way because I think they think I think never really, I think they think she's getting beat by the so surf fan.
1: I did not read that piece. Did you guys take it down?
0: No, I, uh, took the part that was sort of over the line out, but kept the, it was basically, she should be questioned, right? She should be questioned. There has been plenty of questionable calls this year on when to run, right? There's been plenty of questionable questionable judging calls. Uh, she should be questioned for what she's doing, right? This this thing, they've gotten lucky at Margaret and they've gotten lucky a couple times this year, but otherwise this has been really spotily run. And that is her role to run it then when you have her
1: well, why wouldn't you be able to question somebody's there's checks and balances put in place in almost all jobs
0: because i think i think the feeling is that you are questioning her because she's a woman because she is pushing or because her you know like equality and what could be considered a her woke agenda uh is causing backlash from toxic surfers but i think that's the mentality at the top is that the surf fan is toxic when so when you think of your own fan base as toxic, then there's a real there's a real disconnect. So I think they're up in the tower. It's only them, you know, it's a few people talking up there. You have the people who are part of the surf community, Devin and Pat, who are saying, this community is not toxic. Like there's just some disconnect here, but they don't there's nothing that goes to them. So they have to resign. Yeah. There's and so th- And that's so that's I said this
1: when Devin first started, which was you know, how long, what, what's the nexus where he realizes he can't actually change the organization from the inside and instead they start contaminating his, his reputation. Yep. And that's the point that Devin might leave. And I said that earlier when he first, and now we're kind of, that's what it, exactly what looks like happened. I mean, it's, it's like Devin's saying, I did my job. I did what I was here to do, but if I stay any longer, then I just look complicit. Like they are, they did cut it down to one event. And they did. They did. It never, that news was never released. It got leaked and Joel found out. So then Joel jumped in and now they're back to three events. But that was the plan was to push it down to one event. So Devin realized, I'm speaking, uh, this is not his words, this is speculation, but I think Devin realized, if I stay on, I now look like I'm part of who, The people who want it to go down to one event. Sure. And my good work is eroded. So I did my work. Here's the exit point. Wherever they go from here, I'm rooting for them, but I can't feel good about staying on at this point.
0: And to your your points, regular points about Best Surfers, Best Waves, Manly and Huntington Beach are mockeries for the like you are for even shortboarding. And and so for Devin as the commissioner to say, you go push this, you go push that this tour is awesome, that we have Manly and Huntington as two of right. the three stops. You go sell this to the longboarders. Of course, that's a like nobody that you cannot put enough lipstick on that pig to, to actually sell it. Correct. So like it does feel, which this is the part I don't understand. Nobody made the World Surf League like longboarding. Don't like it. If you wanted to cut it down to one event, if you wanted to cut the whole thing, cut it. If right. you, if it is not valuable to you, if you don't see the upside, if you dislike your champion, if you... Etc. Etc. et, cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. I don't know why they feel any kind of, which again, I think this is the disingenuous, disingenuousness that's happening at the World Surf League. Is it, it's a bunch of sort of flimsy spined lies that get spun. Just man up and say, hey, guess what? We're cutting the long world tour because we think it sucks. It's gone.
1: I think they should. I mean, I, I think they should because they should be focusing on one thing and doing one thing really, really well. So
0: why can't they say it? Why don't they say it?
1: Uh, they should say it. They should do it. Joel's argument would then be, well, why are you utilizing us in all of your advertising and not compensating us adequately?
0: And they could tell Joel because we want to, who cares? Exactly. Like your opinion. There you go. Uh, we don't care about your opinion. Moving on. Yeah,
1: totally. Uh, so I asked Joel how much, or I asked Devin, how much did Joel's the debacle with Joel have to do with your departure? He said zero. Yeah. Uh, any word on the length of Joel's suspension because the WSL has not mentioned that. I mean,
0: it's like it, they just suspend him indefinitely and then it's crickets, which right. is weird. Joel said uh, the length of his suspension is, Devin. quote,
1: yes, sorry. Devin said the length of Joel's suspension is, quote, for a season.
0: Wait, so always it's been for a season. They said- I don't know if was
1: that was always, but at some point they it decided became it was for, for, a, for a, season. a season.
0: But they don't release that information. They suspend, and it's not like Joel Tudor is a bottom dweller. Joel Tudor is their sitting champion. Yep. You suspend him indefinitely, and then you don't release any news, even a press release that says, we, we have met and decided that his suspension, the the you know, penalty that fits the crime is one season.
1: One season dependent upon uh his behavior during the suspension. Wow. And then I said, follow up question, which is you just hit. Why hasn't the WSL released any information about this? His response, that's not something you normally write a press release about.
0: But they wrote a press release when they suspended him.
1: I don't think they did. They did. Did It was
0: on their website. It was a quick paragraph on their website. Okay. Yes.
1: Uh, Final question. Who will be your successor? And he basically said, uh, I don't think they need one. Yeah. Like if they're cutting it down and doing it the way that they're doing it, Jesse will probably oversee it. So I don't think that they have a need for a, he didn't say visionary, but I'll say for kind of a visionary to see this into its next iteration.
0: They clearly don't like it. They clearly don't want it. And so, but it's so, it's like rude to let it just put a bullet in its head. Like don't let it die on the vine. It deserves better than that. Even for, I don't know what percentage of our listeners like longboarding, but if you don't like it, great. But nothing deserves to just be rolled out in a, Total crap way yeah. and then say, look it, it failed.
1: Totally. Totally agree with you on that. We somehow got sucked into that vortex, I think.
0: It's not, it's positive because Devin Howard now is freed. Let's get him a new job. Yeah. Let's
1: turn this positive. I mean, Devin, obviously, uh, listeners Devin. probably already know, does work for Channel Islands. He does marketing responsibilities over there. So he is employed. He will not be uh destitute, destitute and homeless. He's got kids to raise, you know? So, um, he's doing great work with Channel Islands, but still, I feel like let's get him a job. Can, let's do it. See, Let's get consulting gigs, right? Oh, he can come consult for us. Anybody who's listened to Devin here on the show would know he is an asset.
0: Should we open a Bubba Coos franchise with Devin Howard? <laughs> all of us going all in. I don't know. I feel like Devin would be any company would want
1: Devin working for him, whether he's making burritos, whether he's providing marketing insights. Too true. So too true. Um, I'm, he should have podcast is really what he should should do. I've been telling him that for years. Maybe he'll listen. Now now he has time. Um, let's talk about Gabriel Medina. Do you have a time that you have to leave? Sure. Don't. Okay, good. This is a listener call. Turn up the volume for you. Try to, Play this louder than Jack Freestone's voice. Jack Freestone
0: has a has an entourage. Yeah, he does. Well,
1: he's got a filmer for their blog, right? All right,
0: David Lee Scales,
1: Chaz. This is Ian from Manhattan Beach, watching the Western Oz Pro. I'm sure you guys are going to find some reason to hate on it. Anyway, I have
0: two two topics I want to hear you guys talk about. One, Gabe's coming back post Yasmin Yasmin breakup. Is he gonna be the old Gabe that everyone hated and or the new Gabe everyone loved? What do you guys think? And then Barrel or Nah. The WSL like pictures of each surfer when they come up and introduce them. Some are like really professional looking, some look like they were just clipped out of their Facebook. What do you guys think? I I have mixed feelings. Barrel or Nah. Keep up the work. You're
1: gonna find something to hate on? How could we hate? Who does he think we are? When have we ever been negative?
0: Never. Um, Gabriel Medina coming back. I think Gabe's going to come back rusty, to be honest. Do you really? Mm, it's G-Land. It's going to... If it's pumping, he's... I mean, he's the best surfer in the world. Let's just be honest. Gabriel Medina is the best surfer in the world. Correct? Yeah,
1: sure. I like John myself,
0: but... I mean, of course, but I think that Gabriel is more versatile than John. I say all in, best tour surfer in the world. I mean, honestly, it's
1: it's It's kind. Of, it's strange to say it's apples and oranges. I can make an argument either way. It's, it's almost uncomparable, which is really the fallacy of competitive pro surfing.
0: I mean, we could get down to this about how how it shouldn't be. I mean, they should junk the entire judging format. They should junk the entire thing and remake it. But anyway, uh, it's like, uh, how do you
1: compare a hilarious comedy movie to a drama?
0: But, but I will say, I think, I think, okay. Who would you, if you had to put money on either Gabe or, uh, John, John, to win a year, a tour, who would you win? My, or,
1: my own money, you got to go Gabe. Every time. And I think not everyone, every time, but yeah.
0: not every event, but- But my heart. Of course. Who would you put your heart on? Doesn't matter. I'm talking it about like, me. I'm talking about the, simply the best tour surfer is Gabe. But that being said, G-Lan's going to pump. It's going to be awesome, but he will come back rusty. There's no way he, everybody else has been surfing now. The highs and lows are into a rhythm. He's going to be coming from whatever he was doing in- uh, Brazil, I think he will win. I don't think he'll be coming up top seeds, uh, theoretically, right? Because of the wild card.
1: Who knows, dude? This whole thing is so rinky dinky. I mean, he's in forty yeah. first place right now. How does he make the cut?
0: Yeah, I mean, because he has he had he got wild cards for the rest of the year. Also, so then those guys get booted now. But does Zeke Lau uh, Zeke's out? No, but Zeke won the Ultimate Surfer. Right. So where? So does he get three? I would imagine he gets wild three wild cards.
1: Now we're gonna ignore that.
0: Okay. But (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, but he will contract. I mean, unless the fine print was, if you qualify, you lose your wild cards. I guarantee there was not fine print that said that. I have no idea what's happening. He has contractually three wild cards. I want to say, and how many events are there? Five, I think. Yeah. So he gets to be in three of the last events. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, Gabe's going to be rusty. Gabe will bow out in no chance. Quarters. No
1: chance. I say he wins. You want to know what Gabe's been doing in Brazil this whole time?
0: Pumping. rest, Iron.
1: Re- resting and restoring.
0: Mm, and sure? that's
1: an opportunity that nobody else has had. Mm. And so he's coming back. And by the way, this is Gabe 3.0. Is
0: it true? And I like, I'll put nothing, nothing past Gabe, right?
1: I So this, I've developed a lot of insights into Gabe. This is almost like a psychological study watching uh, Make or Break. Did you, you didn't watch the final episode yet? I haven't yet. So man, little, almost like a little secret section like they used to do on surf videos back in the day. Remember that after the credits? Those are the best, right? That's what this is. Like you have finals day, winners are crowned. And then there's a little five minute segment at the end of all of that, which is Gabe opening up in a way I've never seen Gabe open
0: up before. I've heard.
1: And he reveals why he broke up with Charlie, his stepdad.
0: They were keeping him away.
1: Keep not only keeping him away from his biological father, they had raised him his entire life with false narratives and straight-out lies about his biological father. So he hated his dad growing up. And they create, and this is me reading into it, but his mother and his stepfather created this robotic competitor to kind of live out his stepfather's dreams and create an enemy of the bio-father, so Gabe achieves their goals, wins two world titles. Then his earth is shattered because he figures out the truth of his childhood. He meets. He's now a millionaire. He's now a celebrity. He's now got supermodels, one of whom he's madly in love with while he's having this conflict in his life. She's right by his side. And so he decides with her kind of support, I'm so offended by the way that you, my mom and my stepfather raised me. You guys, I'm now taking a break from you, maybe cutting you out of my life forever. And I've been spending time with my bio dad and turns out he's nothing like you guys have told. He's a wonderful human being. And is, and then I'm gonna marry this supermodel. So now she's my wife. Now I'm obligated to listen to her and to help her kind of, or for her to help me and all this kind. So now he's on this new path comes back, wins another world title. Yep. Boom. Through all the emotion, through all of the consternation of all of that family drama wins title three. That's what make or break was documenting. So now we have the failure of the relationship with his wife, which by the way, maybe they just shouldn't have gotten married. Like he was in a transitional time. It was really the first love of his life probably. And so, um, and there was a lot of volatility. So, that marriage is now broken up, but he's now been in Brazil. He's been resting. He's been relaxing. He's been restoring, uh, arguably. And now <laughs> and now we're going to see again a, another Phoenix, a
0: 3.0. I mean, the thing is, I hope Gabe comes in and wins. Uh, Gabe scratching and clawing himself from the coming in midway in the tour to finals day would be such a great story. You know, make or break is hoping for that too.
1: Absolutely. And so I, the interestingly, I felt like watching make or break, he feels like a 16 year old kid to me still. Yeah. Seeing him try. Yeah, and like everything that I just explained is obviously very real and very adult. And like, there's no amount of maturity that could really prepare you for managing any of that. But it felt like a 16 year old, uh, maybe because the parents had created this little microcosm for him to live in protecting him from all these things but that the relationship with his wife felt like the first six when you're 16 years old and you fall in love or whatever that's what that felt like the way he was talking about it him going out in the even though he's been traveling the world going out in the real world for the first time is what it felt like you know and so i'm made me feel like there's still a lot of more emotional development to come for Gabriel, which could add to your argument that that's fragile.
0: I mean, that's the thing is, and how, you know, what part of his, I don't know. I don't, I don't think through make or break in particular, but also I didn't think before that Gabe is a machine, right? Gabe is a, has been a competitive machine, but once one of those gears gets a little stuck, right? Do you stay robotic, or do you start falling apart in heats?
1: Yeah, and it's like with fine-tuned machinery, like the Rolex or the Ferrari, it's expensive to fix.
0: Exactly, it's
1: expensive to fix, and it's kind of like once it goes wrong, it's never quite the same as it was.
0: Yeah, that's my that's my worry uh, is that the, the process that created Gabe, once that's broken, maybe he can totally you know maybe he's just so good. And then has all that competitive know-how in him already and, you know, I don't know, distills it in a different way and goes out and just crushes. I would love to see it.
1: Well, the other question here is who stands in his way. And not Idolo. Idolo's not having kind of the the strongest season. Felipe. Definitely not Felipe. Felipe, it's a good season for him, but. The F- Felipe's building up G-land, for
0: a, a choke I think Chopu. Felipe, Felipe's Those aren't strong suits for F- Felipe's building up for a full trestles and choke
1: his episode also showed so much mental fragility yeah that it's kind of like I think that Gabe and Ila both just have a mind mind trap a Jedi mind trap may the fourth be with you <laughs> Jedi mind trap on Felipe to where He'll never be able to break
0: no, out of that. Well, that's the problem too, is Philippe did seem like he's already struggling under the weight of his own expectations, yeah. which I never had those expectations for for Philippe. I think he's the best little wave surfer in the world. Yeah, But there's such gaping holes in his overall game that I never thought, oh, Philippe is a guaranteed world title, right? Like Philippe is- If we ran at small
1: rights constantly- Constantly, no problem, win, yeah.
0: sure. But that's not what the tour is. So, but Philippe in his own mind- has the pressure of being a presumptive world title winner. And every year or event that goes by, he's going to fully get colohed, right? He's going to think like, he's going to have the mental block of, I can't win. Right. That's what I feel from Philippe. Um, And then, so the other question, the other
1: thing is because nobody's been a runaway success this season, it keeps all the points kind of moderate. And everybody contending and like seventh place can jump in and eighth place can get into first right now if he gets... So Gabe can really come in and do some damage. If he wins two or three events, which he very well can, he can easily be in that first position. Oh,
0: easy. I mean, the only person on the slide to oblivion is one Kelly Slater, I think.
1: Slide to oblivion?
0: I mean, kind of. Like, I think Kelly's... way down? Yeah, I think Kelly's like... Starting with his win at pipe, I think Kelly himself thought I've got this, you know, I really have enough in the tank to go for one more run and every event Kelly does. I mean, he was thrown into the elimination round at Margaret, like it's every event. It's a little bit worse.
1: Yeah. And I don't see him doing well at, I mean, he generally doesn't go to Brazil, so I don't see him doing good at Brazil. I don't see him doing good at El Salvador. No, you know, Jay Bay, he can make a quarters for sure.
0: Jay J- Bay, no. Chopu. he could win. He could win. He could theoretically, I suppose, win Chopes and G land, which maybe that's enough okay. to get him into the finals, but who cares? Like at the finals, uh, trestles, he's still gotten, has absolutely no prayer,
1: no prayer. So top five, as it stands, Felipe, John, John Florence, Jack Robinson, uh, Ethan Ewing and Edolo.
0: The JP Curry wrote, uh, in his Margaret summation, Tell me that's not the final you want to see I know. at Trestles. Yeah,
1: I agree. You could just yeah. end it here, and those guys yep. are very interesting. Um, so Except for Gabe. Right. So Gabe's going to jump in there and bump one of those guys out. Um, the big come-ups at Margaret River, Ethan Ewing. Yep. Phenomenal to see. Looking great. I mean, he's such a beautiful surfer to watch that it's like – and he's unfulfilled his potential up until this it was.
0: It was fun enjoyable i should say to see him actually put together yeah. uh, what everybody has been mumbling about for so many years agreed
1: and also at bells he yep. looked great too so that's been wonderful to see jack robinson is somebody in that top five that i could see getting ousted as much as i love him and yep. as much as he is a um like a prodigy level phenom competitively he has a lot of Low points. Yeah. And so I could see him getting bumped out with the machine that is Gabe.
0: For sure. With. And also, I mean, this is the this is the hard part about the one event final is the at Trestles is I would love to see Jack Robinson as one of the finals surfers. Uh, I don't want to see Jack Robinson surf Trestles. Right. I don't care about that. <laughs> like, call. that's a... The, I don't either. Well, that's a problem. Like, why, why couldn't they structure it so the best five in the world at the end then go to three different waves right like just put them in indo and surf three waves there. exactly yeah the, like three different like a yeah. barreling left a barreling right and a and a rippable like wave rippable thing yeah, yeah.
1: so um kanoa igarashi is the other story here who slid out of the top five he'll, i think he'll get back he was leading the charge for a while there but again because nobody has taken a chokehold on this season you have these sliders in and out of the top five i think he could get back in there but i don't know that he ends up in the top five yeah. unfortunately
0: fun fun sport at least the thing is so
1: with make or break and the cut i'm way more interested in these things now than i had been in previous seasons yeah
0: i mean it all came together for for all the talk of the ineptitude of the world surf league they really uh and i suppose if i'm going to heap shame perpetually on their head. I've got to give them credit for this season tour has been interesting. Yeah. Interesting suit, interesting surfers, interesting matchups and interesting narrative playing out.
1: Well, the Gabriel Medina thing, it's funny that caller is like, uh, is he going to be the Gabe of old that we all hated? And I'm like, you're absolutely right. We didn't like Gabe. I forgot about that because yeah. now I love him. Yeah. And part of the reason why I love him is the make or break in humanizing of him,
0: which I will totally credit the surf fan, like the surf fan that I would imagine the world surf league thinks is their enemy and toxic and rude and mean and all this, uh, racist, probably like, like the collective mind changes. I feel, and has changed for both Gabe and Kanoa. I think Kanoa was seen as showy and whatever. And now I think people think the more they get to know him, they think, uh, Oh yeah. Like he's an interesting guy. Surf's great. And doing interesting things. Well, when you- Bad claims. The thing, right. The thing,
1: we knew his backstory about his parents sacrificing everything. But until you see him say it and until you he, actually hear them say it, his parents, you don't fully appreciate it.
0: But also, unless you hear or see that narrative, it's hard not to think that they're like tiger parents right. who, are, who are forcing this thing. Forcing this lifestyle onto their kid in order to- to get rich. I think that's a right where that's not what it is, but that's, but that's something easy to layer on. If you don't actually know.
1: They, uh, I mean, the pro surfing, as we know it now was, didn't exist when they wanted him to be a pro surfer. So the aspirations that he achieved far exceeded what they ever could have dreamed of. And really it was Quicksilver who
0: made the dream monetized it. Yeah.
1: You know, like they came in at a really young age and we're like, uh, we are going to turn you into this thing. It was, his parents just wanted him to be a surfer essentially.
0: I, I think I've mentioned before I was out on uh, on a boat at Chopu with young, not as young as when I was in, uh, Australia, but still very young Kanoa. And it was like medium sized Chopu and Mikey Wright was there. Kanoa was there and Leo was there too. Uh, and Leonardo Fioravanti. Um and Mikey Wright and Leonardo obviously charged in. It was like four foot maybe Chobu. Canoe wanted nothing to do with it. Literally, got out of the boat on you could just see him turning green, uh, sheer peer pressure out of the boat, kinda of paddled on the shoulder for a minute, paddled back to the boat, got ordered basically back or pressured back by whichever Quicksilver team manager was on the boat, and you know, but then got tips on the boat from whoever, like watching that little bit of insight into the making of a champion. Uh, All to say, though, the fact that he wasn't like Hellboy throwing himself over the ledge, he's also not branded with the same brush or painted with the same brush as Philippe Toledo, of afraid to charge. So Kanoa, on his path to becoming what he is, knew I have to overcome deep what appeared to me like deep uncomfortability with doing something innate fear and did yeah and did like yeah. you don't think Too of Kino, time, uh,
1: he's a finalist at pipe twice
0: and you don't think of him as a sissy at chopo no. either like where that's something super impressive to yeah. think i want this so bad that which i haven't seen from flip yet right like you've never no. seen flip go deep and drop in and do it again and again and again
1: no uh so let's talk leo that was one thing that i was meaning to come back to let's you have aspirate, you have hope optimism that he will still fulfill his unfulfilled potential.
0: Yes, I think Leo of course is a real perfect package and an interesting package for surfing is we have the Brazilians, we have the Australians, we have the Americans, the Europeans are a nebulous kind of, you get a Portuguese guy in there. You don't really know if he's Brazilian or not. Right. Uh, yeah, and now that what's his name, French, uh, oh, what's his name? I don't know. French Charger, Pipe Master. Uh, Jeremy oh, Flores. Jeremy Flores. It there's, there's, seems like there's room for this French surfer. And the fact that Leo so well encapsulate, encapsulates this kind of continental French thing, where's Gucci, you know, like speaks in the Italian accent. I just see him, not only the way he surfs, but what he is as a missing piece in the World Surf League's overall thing. But
1: what does that have to do with his surfing?
0: I would just like to see, cause I think he is a great surfer. I would like to see him putting his surfing together and then really rounding out this picture of being a sort of dominant European in a very European mold. I'd be
1: fine if that existed on tour, but again, ideology, you can't let ideology trump uh, the actual function.
0: I'm just saying, that's what I'd like to see. The function
1: is let's just get the best surfers. I don't care if they're all from Hawaii, I don't care if they're all from Brazil.
0: I just want to see him surf better. Like, but I, when you so when I watched that episode,
1: it just pointed out exactly what had been in the back of my brain all along, which is good god, there's a disparity between these three surfers, yeah. And there might have always been, but there certainly is now. And it's like Kanoa's got it sorted out with a perfect blend of talent and moxie, competitive moxie. Jack Robinson, in my mind, is just the best surfer out of all three and he's trying to sort out the competitive part. Leonardo has less of the competitive savvy and less of the talent and cool that they're all friends, cool that they're all on tour together, but he does not exist in the same realm as these guys.
0: Do you think he will go challenge challenger and sort it out? No. You don't think so? Look, I mean,
1: if it hasn't been sorted out by now, but the, it's all everything's only getting more white hot
0: like except for there has never been a challenger series right the wqs was more or less crap waves where what are you going to go sort out there you're going to sort out like weird four-man paddle battles uh the challenger series seems like it hasn't really existed before and i wonder if that will be an opportunity for pros who might have it but haven't been able to show it yet on the ct to go actually sort something out to go not surf garbage beach break to go surf quality waves. Like what is it? Snapper's the first one. And the, the forecast for snapper is a fantastic forecast. Uh, what is the next wave coming up? I forget, but they're all the challenger series is, is quality waves more or less.
1: Yeah. But I think what the cut has done is required the best out of the surfers that are currently on tour. Everybody's kind of elevated their game. The challenger series. I think we're going to see the same thing. Sure. Everything gets elevated. And, does Leonardo Fioravanti exist on the same plane as Joel Chianca, uh Mateus Hurdy?
0: I mean, I think you know? so. I, think, I don't think so. I think not as Jaw, jo- I think Jaw is a potential star. Uh could be. But I think Mateus Hurdy and whoever else drop below the line. I think Leonardo is could be right there. None of those I think, oh man, these guys all surf heads and tails above above Leonardo. Uh,
1: I do. Kay. I think there's 50 people on the planet that do. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Bolito is another challenger series. U.S. Open, Uh-oh. unfortunately, is another no. challenger series. Um, Maybe it's not that good. Aracera. Erasara is good. Uh, Capraton Hossiger. Great. Uh, Sakarema, Haliva. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: it's a good. It's decent. It it's is a, a decent, lineup. a decent tour.
1: Uh, one true grit or clickbait crap that I'm going to make you argue for or against quote in astounding twist world's greatest surfer kelly slater revealed to have net worth north of 35 million dollars plans to marry longtime girlfriend in the future exclamation <laughs> <laughs> point
0: i don't know how i mean it was it was a like celebrity dot com website okay which i don't know how accurate those are but this was this was uh oh i felt it was accurate because i think one of the legit financial publications posted it um, and referenced it. So I thought, oh, where Kelly, of course, always keeps his financial cards close to the vest. Um, So it was interesting to me to see an actual number related to Kelly's worth.
1: Does that feel reasonable, 35 mil?
0: Sure, I mean- I think so too. Yeah, between the properties, the, the amount of money he would have made over his, when, you know, through the boom years, of, I'm sure he was making well north of 5 mil a year. You think? Yeah, during the boom years. Okay. I mean, J-O-B during the tail end of the boom years was making like 1.2 from Rusty alone. Like the money back a year. The money back there was back then. And so if Kelly was smart with it, invested it better than he makes business uh, decisions, if he, you know, bought properties, he doesn't seem like he is extravagant. In oh, fact, yeah. the word on Kelly as it is a full-on cheapskate like you won't pay for dinners and stuff like that you never see Kelly driving in a banging vehicle I bet in fact he either borrows or has relationships with dealers like I think the combination grew up poor probably doesn't want to be poor ever again combination of cheapskate and making a lot of money equals probably 35 million dollars in the bank yep or I can see that I can see that
1: makes perfect sense um What's the comment about plans to marry long-term girlfriends
0: someday? It was on the, in the same article and it seemed like a total silly addendum, not to the article. It seemed when read that way, he plans to marry his 15 year girlfriend. I'm always thinking, okay, what in the world are you doing? Like, and not just with Kelly, any adult male who has dated a woman for more than five years, uh, and either hasn't broken up or gotten married is a stupid asshole. <laughs> Un- unless your whole point, if you're if you're vehem- veh- vehemently opposed to marriage, if you are opposed to the idea of marriage, like Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn have been together, I think for forty five years or some insane amount of time, not married, right? They're they don't like the institution of marriage. I understand that. If you are opposed to it, fine. If you've dated a woman for more than five years and you have not married her, then you're a dumb asshole. Kelly to date her for 15 years and still think, yeah, someday we'll get married. Why are you being a dumb asshole? Like if she wasn't good enough to marry in 15 years, what's the point of getting married? Well, they I already have this- common. This has nothing like they're already common law, right?
1: And not if they're not living together.
0: They are common law for sure. And by California,
1: he's not a California resident.
0: For sure, he has. I mean, maybe he's
1: Florida. I would, I would art, I would think
0: he's Hawaii. Florida. You sure?
1: Well, he has residences, but I would think Florida is where I, he pays. I mean, who Florida,
0: knows? Florida is probably right because they have no tax. I think no income tax, right? Yeah. So that's probably where he claims. But all to say, dumb asshole.
1: Well, okay. While that is all very funny, <laughs> I think it True. really just comes down to what she wants. And if she doesn't care about getting
0: married, then why get married? There's no point to get married. Why say you're going to get married? Just say he has. It. He said well, it. Wrote,
1: that's what the quote was. Yeah. He said it. it
0: was from that. He had like, it was a direct quote from him that he had planned to marry her someday. And the then
1: that, that is silly for him to say, but the real shame here would be if she's expressed that desire to him. And then he said, yes, we will. Of course. And then drags it out. Of that's course. The shame. I will that's say a whole
0: move and dumb asshole. And I will say the DA whole move that, that, uh, not that all women want to be married. I'm not, saying this at all, that all women want to be married and be princesses or whatever crap. But have you ever known anyone in your whole life who had been a woman who had been in a long-term relationship who was like, I ain't marrying this guy. Have you ever?
1: No. And if they do say that, you know that they're just trying to preserve some self like respect because they are being disappointed by the guy and they don't want to admit like, yeah, he's a freaking disappointment to me. They're trying to act like, oh no, it's my idea. Yeah, but it's a modern world and things are different. And I don't hang out with a lot of young people. And
0: and Kelly Slater is a dumb asshole. <laughs>
1: uh, let's get one call in, just an easy, fun one. Follow up from last week before we go to commercial. Remember uh, that guy was talking about the murder. He was the oh yeah the police officer who found the up? shotgun wash up. Somebody called up, called in to follow up on that.
0: Chaz, okay. David, this is David. I'm responding to Johnny's call from last week. He was the rookie cop who met the senior detective who was a surfer. You missed a really critical detail in that call. He said free drinks for months. That implies he got cut off at some point. I submit to you that he dated the detective's daughter not because she was hot, but to get closer to her father so he could go surfing and advance his career. You both know more than most that surfing is a career advancer. What other sport can you come in late to work smelling like El Porto and surf booties but be in such a positive mood and so productive that it's overlooked? Anyway, just thought you'd like to know the obvious rest of the story. Keep trying to work. I enjoy it sometimes. My favorite part about that call points valid but also that he called in from his uh, apocalyptic bunker. Concrete walls.
1: (laughs) His voice is banging up every corner. (laughs) Um, I do love it. He's absolutely right. I got free drinks for months. You're right. You got cut off at some point. He got cut off
0: or though she might've left her job. Mm. She might've got put down to the challenger series of bars.
1: I do love the idea though, that like you get a little morsel of a story and all of us in our head, Continue writing the rest of the script in yep. the ending. Like, yeah, that guy, why did he get cut off? Yeah. You know what? He probably got drunk at the bar one night. Totally. Got to, or actually it was a bunch of nights where he kept getting drunk. Totally. Till eventually it all com- yep.
0: culminated in a fight. Johnny, Johnny has, to, I think it's incumbent upon Johnny to call back in and just give that one little nugget. Why nice. Johnny, why did you get cut off? Totally. What happened?
1: Was it a fight? Yeah. Or he came home too much, smelling like booze. Your
0: was were you romantically involved with the bartender, and that was your way of like kind of hedging it? Also,
1: the idea this caller of, yeah, he was doing it to get in close with the dad. I don't know if dating a guy's daughter gets you in close with a dad. That's a real two-edged sword, there. It is, but it cuts both ways. It you does. could either you could either wins get or losses. Fired from the job yep. or. Yeah. Depends how you treat the daughter. It's yep, true. Marry her. Marry her after five, <laughs> before the five-year mark. All right. Let's go to commercial break so that we can uh, encourage people to get healthy. And then we'll be back with everybody's favorite segment, barrel or not. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Chaz, athleticgreens.com slash surf is fueling the reason why this is such a great show today. Synapses are firing.
0: You know what? I sometimes read stories about those people who go out surfing and surf for like a thousand days in a row or 20,000 days in a row or whatever it may be. I think wow, those good for them. And I don't want to do that. But I thought this morning about my consecutive streak, my Ironman streak of drinking Athletic Greens every morning. I think I'm on, besides the time I missed over vacation, (laughs) I think I'm on a, at home, I will say, drinking it at home. I'm on like a, when did Athletic Greens start sponsoring the show? Maybe a
1: year ago. It's been a while.
0: I am on at least a year every single morning. I only am getting better and better and better.
1: Well, in that amount of time, you've taken up running. Um, what other healthy habit? You did Brazilian jiu-jitsu for a bit. I don't know if you're still doing well, that. I did it
0: one, one class. I
1: feel like your drinking has curtailed.
0: So much so. Drastically, right? Like that's, far down.
1: That's the thing I noticed with a good habit.
0: Makes other good habits.
1: Begets good habits. Yep. If like, I've been in yoga at different times and it's like, man, if you do that, you can't eat bad yeah. or eat poorly you, you don't need, want to not no, only you don't want to
0: not only can't you you don't want to it shifts
1: all of it in your brain and everything
0: starts with the morning first thing shaking that athletic greens so that's the key too is i've
1: noticed when i ingest it the time of day does matter cuz it, doing it in the morning is the best
0: yep it sets your day right it really does and
1: it actually sets i don't know maybe my metabolism i'm no doctor or I'm no dietitian but i think it sets that too because um I'm not as hungry then after. And if I don't do it, then guess what I want? Bread. I want an English muffin. I want a pastry. And then that has the opposite effect. I'll get my greens later in the day, but it's not quite the same as getting it first thing.
0: You remember what I used to do on my way to our podcast? Yeah. I would stop at McDonald's and get breakfast burritos. Yep. I have not done that since I started Athletic Greens, not because I'm fighting the urge. I think, yuck, who wants that? Totally.
1: You just, one good thing, tumbles into place all these other good things
0: our listeners while subscribing to win surfboards should do themselves a real favor and get athleticgreens.com slash surf delivered monthly to your home with vitamin d drops
1: just like kanoa igarashi does
0: how did he rise to greatness athletic greens it's right there in make or break how did kanoa igarashi i mean it fixed his personality too people (laughs) didn't like him and now they love him Because athleticgreens.com slash surf. Totally.
1: All right. Well, we've said it enough. Athleticgreens.com slash surf. Chaz, we're back in album surfboards. Jack Freestone. Yeah. Right in the background of your shot. Yeah. I I see him. He's in your shot right now.
0: I hope people are enjoying the friendly hum of surf conversation from the outside. I hope it comes through the podcast. There was like, as Jack and his entourage moved in and out, uh, just the... Happy voices of people falling in love with surfboards.
1: They're going to open this up in an editing software, try to lower our voices, elevate Jack's voice so they could hear what he's up to.
0: Hopefully you can.
1: Well, they learned how last week because they were trying to edit our eating out (laughs) of the show. They all became engineers, sound engineers last week. I had a number of people say they just didn't even finish
0: the episode. Of course. I'm sure it was the most obnoxious thing ever. I couldn't stop though. It was literally... Probably the least listened to episode, but the best advertisement for Bubba Coos because I could not, I knew how obnoxious it was when I was doing it. You saw me. I was trying to lean away from the mic. I could not stop taking bites.
1: They're like, Chaz sounded like a Neanderthal.
0: Yeah. It's true. Chewing on
1: a saber toothed tiger.
0: I couldn't help it. I knew it and I couldn't help it.
1: Um, barrel or not, nah, ranch dressing on a pizza.
0: So, barrel, it's almost impossible to find a more gaping cavern. And I'll say, not only ranch dressing on a pizza, I will say ranch dressing on any pizza. Wow. There is no flavor of pizza, no topping, no combination, wow. no red sauce, no white sauce, no kind of cheese, no nothing that ranch does not enhance on a pizza.
1: Is this an American thing?
0: For sure. So,
1: if you are in Italy, do you ask for ranch?
0: Trips? I sure don't. Okay. Like I, for, I leave ranch at the door, okay. but in America do as the America, I will, some have better ranch than others. A good ranch is quintessential, right? Like I there's a bad ranch. there.
1: compete with Hidden Valley?
0: Yes. Like I love the super watery, uh, probably powdered mix. Like there's a certain one that I think I got in my like school cafeteria when I was a kid that that one's really stuck with me as the best, but I really don't like fancy ranches. There's like uh, what at certain restaurants, you know, do you have ranch? Oh no, we have a blank, like not an aioli, but a whatever. Mm. Like, no, like r- a good ranch on pizza. I love it. I know it's gross. I love it. Well,
1: it's really a bizarre little paradox or something that exists in our world where pizza is perfect by itself. But for some reason, that ingredient, that ranch combination of flavor is a different level of also very, very good. And it's like a strawberry. I'd make an argument that a strawberry is perfect in its form. You cannot improve upon a strawberry. Put it in a dessert. Yeah, of course, it's a great dessert because the ingredient is great. Dip it in chocolate. Sure, that's great, too, because you have two great things. But
0: balsamic vinegar.
1: All phenomenal. But you can't beat a strawberry. A strawberry is pure perfection.
0: I'm going to say a balsam, like like ranch is to pizza, balsamic is to strawberry. A strawberry in balsamic vinegar is better than a strawberry. No. A pizza in ranch is better than a pizza.
1: Disagree. Disagree. Are you not a
0: barrel on ranch and pizza?
1: So I generally have a policy that I only use it for reheated pizza. So pizza night one just straight out of the gates. I love it as is. But once you reheat, it almost, you know, it degrades the flavor and then you can add a condiment.
0: Next time you go out for your pizza, get a ranch. Try it night one. So that's the other problem is
1: I never want to ask for it in a restaurant.
0: Just because I don't want to be that guy. Bold up. Okay. You're in America. All
1: right. Ranch on a pizza. You're going barrel. I'm going tepid.
0: Big barrel. Okay. Uh,
1: Barrel or not number two is for the free scrubber putting a traction pad on a twin fin.
0: I have a traction pad on my twin fin, but it came affixed, fixed. So not my fault. I will say no. I'm gonna I will say, say, no say no to no barrel. Uh, I think a twin fin aesthetic is a thing. Uh, and to maintain that aesthetic, like you're being free and cruisy on your twin, right? I, I love, a. it's really hard though. Cause I love a back foot traction pad like feeling it back there, knowing, like scooting it back, kind of knowing where you're supposed to be. I can sometimes get screwed up. Songs traction pad, find my feet way too far forward.
1: Or you'll feel even on a, like I've had the feeling of my foot on the swallowtail itself. And you're like, oh shoot, that's too far back. I need to slide that up. Yep. You don't run into that problem with the traction.
0: I'm still going to say no though. I'm going to say aesthetic the- Aesthetic tw- trumps the function here. Exactly. And the twin fin aesthetic should be prized.
1: So I felt very strongly about that until I was re-watching some free scrubber clips to advertise this one. Tom's writing it with a traction pad. Of all people, I would think Tom would not be.
0: Do you remember how this segment started? Kook or Curran, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or well, that was a separate segment.
1: Yeah, it was separate, but similar.
0: It's either Tom Curran does it or Kooks, Kooks do, it. do it. And so you were neither Curran nor a Kook. Good, okay. You shouldn't do it. Got it, got it, yeah, got it. Li- great the listen- call. The listener isn't either, unless the listener's a Kook
1: great call which that segment isn't dead it's just there aren't enough things examples there aren't enough examples that i encounter regularly
0: and the problem was that it became in the listener's mind i think kook was nah and curran was barrel but it wasn't that it was the two things they
1: missed the genius of
0: it yeah the two things that both tom curran does and kooks do
1: only yeah those two people only so to restate that segment because i could think of some of the examples still I identified that in surfing, there's things that only the greats do and only a novice does. And if you're doing it, you either have to be one or the other. There is there's no, no middle between. ground. And yep. so one thing that's really obvious is wearing a rash guard over your wetsuit. Yep. You're either on the CT or you're at a surf school. If you just paddled out for a local session and you would be immediately identified as
0: a kook. Yep. You know what I mean? Unless you blow up and then everybody says, oh, that guy's a CT. A exactly. Surfer. Yeah,
1: exactly. All right. Another kook occurring, uh, having a GoPro mounted on the nose of your board faced at you. Yeah. You're either Anthony Walsh getting barreled at pipe or you're the kook who's wiggling, who's going to post your footage on Facebook.
0: On his 7S board.
1: Exactly. <laughs> what is that brand? <laughs> great call so there's a number of these we had a list of them going i know there are more but that's just an idea yep. if you can think of any call them in yeah call them in we'll take submissions and then we'll vet them out on for it. sure uh okay barrel or nah so that's two. Oh, barrel or not nah. saging your house
0: oh uh, i'm gonna go barrel not because it actually gets rid of bad stuff because who i like a good burned sage smell Okay. It's like, I like it better than kind of candle. I like it better than Incense. like, it's, it's, yeah, it's not like an artificial complex smell. It's like earthy and burny. So I'm all about burning sage, not for it's cleansing demon stuff, but because it smells good.
1: Um, Circe. I feel like Cersei would sage the house for
0: sure. I mean, there she is does. a, I, she does. She hasn't in a long time, but she has been known to, did she do it to cleanse the vibes? I think so. Yeah.
1: Um, we cleansed the vibes recently. Did it work? Yeah, it did actually.
0: The vibes were cleansed.
1: I'm So I'm generally not into it. I'm not concerned about vibes full stop. We had a ghost experience. Really? Yes. What happened? It was freaking wild. Wait, dude. how did you wait till the very end to drop this bomb? Uh, I it's... tried to erase it from my memory.
0: Okay, T- share.
1: Okay, evening. Yes. It's dark outside. Lauren is in the kitchen washing dishes. I'm standing in the living room, standing up, looking at the television. So our backs would be towards each other. And in the middle of us, kind of in a triangular pattern, is our dog Sophia, who has just been fed. So Sophia is eating her dinner. And I hear just out of the blue a skittering of her feet, just like she's bolting away from her food. Nails on the ground, click, 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 click. And, you know, I've never heard her skitter in the house before. I've seen her run outside, all that sort of stuff. But just going from eating her food to boom, full skitter. So I whip my head back to check what's going on. And I, you know, in that whip, kind of see her running at me. And I catch, my eyes are drawn to smoke moving across the ceiling. I'm saying smoke. It's better defined as an apparition full apparition, uh translucent smoke. The reason why it's better defined as an apparition is smoke has a uh, formlessness to it, right? Yeah. This had a certain shape to it that was moving in very quickly across uh by the ceiling fan, across the ceiling above where Sophia was. And it was only there for two seconds. Like the reason I know it was there was I didn't know what to be prepared for i just turned around in an instant and and my eyes were drawn to it like drawn directly up see this thing moving across the ceiling real kind of quickly for one two seconds gone dissipates faster than smoke dissipates smoke also takes time to dissipate this just like i turn around eyes drawn to whatever the distraction is in the room eyes drawn up to it moving across the ceiling go 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 gone then Lauren comes moving in from the kitchen and she's looking at me and goes, what just happened? And my eyes are wide and the hair on my arms are standing up. She goes, what's going on? Why'd Sophia run? And I go, I I just turned around when she ran and I swear to you, I just saw smoke moving across the ceiling. So she looks up, smoke's gone. She's like, get out of here. She thinks I'm joking. She's like, get out of here. And I'm like, no, I I mean, I, I'm not joking. I saw it. We look down at the dog. Dogs cowering in the corner. And I'm, I explain it to Lauren, the way that I'm explaining it to you and we're looking around, I go up and I check and sniff around at the ceiling fan. There's no electrical shortage. There's nothing up there that's, and I'm looking around the room, there's zero evidence of anything. So kind of easy to chalk up to just, you know, that's weird. Maybe my eyes were seeing something. Except Sophia will not go back in the room for days. We try to feed her in the same spot for the next Nothing. few days. She hides and cowers around the corner. She cranes her head around the little pony wall and eats out of the bowl and is constantly looking up at the exact spot where I saw something. So as we discussed it over the course of a couple of days and kind of recounted it, it was like, well, yeah, David, maybe you saw something except for the fact that Sophie is looking in the exact same spot that I saw something
0: are you sure that Lauren's not vaping? <laughs> Vape dissipates pretty be. quickly. It and be. she's like but totally she throwing, in room. throwing smoke, as they say. She so, was quickly vaping. It got out. And she's like, oh, no. Would, and then she gave Sophia a real bad look. Like if you.
1: I'll go home and search the drawers to try to find where she's hiding that thing. I'll well, check this, is, this is
0: an exciting. But so you saged and you're done. It was
1: that night only never experienced anything since again. It took Sophia, I'd say five days to even feel comfortable kind of getting around that spot again. But she was looking up at that exact spot every time she walked past.
0: it. Well, I'm excited for listener calls about ghost experiences. Now I think we've t- touched on it
1: in the past. We've touched on it for, I don't know why but
0: you've but never had, cause you've, I've never had a ghost experience and I don't think you had either.
1: Yeah. In my young, younger years, I had a few, but they're always really far spaced out and not nothing to do with one another. They're in different houses Uh, But this was the first one and we were just,
0: did you you go to bed scared?
1: No. Bizarre thing about it was didn't feel any threat. Didn't feel scared at all. Like we've heard noises in the house where you feel like, oh my gosh, is that a burglar? I'll go check. And you feel scared while you're checking. This felt zero threat. Well, this is exciting. Crazy, right?
0: This is a great ending of a show. What do you chalk that up to? Vaping. Other than that. (laughs) Your cataracts. Uh, I don't know. Again, I would
1: look. I would like to take the blame. Sure. Why is the dog Scared. validating the exact spot that I saw something? Yeah. Bizarre. Ghost. and dogs—they got a sense for this sort of thing.
0: They see ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is exciting. I know. I'll I want to come. The, I want to come to your house now. And I, you should call in one of those ghost people's. I should do a séance. Yeah. I'm Ouija fully board. Af- fully afraid of those things. You should Ouija board it up I right never, under it. I would never. <laughs>
1: I really, I think the thing was just passing through. Like yeah. nobody's ever died in that house. Like yeah. it, I think the thing was just on its way to somewhere just else. Just cruising. Yeah. Bizarre Fine. though, right?
0: Maybe, maybe it was under the cut. Maybe the ghosts have cuts. It was, and
1: it was on its way out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was the Sally Fitz, the ghost of Sally Fitz. <laughs> so sad. Well, hey, it's been a great
0: show. Has been positive.
1: Full positivity. I think we should also do a show at some point where we never mention the WSL once.
0: Yep next show it'd be interesting next show because there'll be no uh there's nothing happening challenger series uh, that's okay it'll be like opening rounds there's no off season anymore
1: yeah that's the thing
0: <sighs> all right well album surfboards thanks so much be like jack
1: channel islands thanks so much for Ooh. that free scrubber
0: cannot wait to is give that any, away
1: is there any board you would rather wrap? No, i mean honestly honest. that's that thing is the board of my dreams
0: i don't know, i gotta really go out and fondle that free wing
1: yeah there you go yeah Matt's got one under his arms right now. Go steal it. All right, uh, Album Surfboards, thank you so much. And surfsplendorpodcast.com to support our work. BeachGrit.com at surfjournalist on Instagram. Anything else? That's it. All right, Chaz, until next week. Bon voyage.